Hey, it's Joe Gerard with the Sales Hero Podcast. We're going to learn some cool stuff about psychology, influence, neuroscience, how to create repeatable best practices and systems, and building your bulletproof mindset. Today, we're excited to talk to Mark Stoiber, who is a brand strategist with global companies around the world, and he has recently just come over to the dark side of sales. And so he's going to be talking about how he's been connecting marketing, branding, and sales together at last. This is going to be an awesome one for you. Now, remember, it's all about keeping things simple, having fun, and getting back to just helping more people buy from you. So let's get started. Oh man, what's going on everybody? I'm excited to introduce you to Mark Stoiber. Mark Stoiber is a global brand strategist. We've done some projects together and I think the biggest thing, and I just came up with this intro because you know what? He's a classy guy, so I dressed up for this, you know, and there's a big thing. I'm a sales guy, he's a brand guy, and you know, when you only have one piece of the puzzle, you don't have a complete outfit. So we are quarantined right now and we are talking to Mark and we're going to be talking about brand and sales together at last, marketing and sales together at last. And man, Mark is an awesome guy. He's a good friend and he has shown me the dark side, the light side, the gray side, all the sides, the A sides, the B sides. And I'm excited to have you here. What's up, brother? I don't even know what to say after that. You sound like you sound like a DJ, man. I can't I yeah. can't keep up with you. This is awesome. All right, welcome to the show, Mark Stoiber. Oh yeah. Tell him about the giveaways, Johnny. Yeah, Mark Stoiber and the weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be giving away two tickets to the Monster Truck Jam later yeah. on in the Sunday, show. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> you only need What's the up, edge of your seat. I'm 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 doing good, man. Yeah. I, I, social isolation is uh, or social Beautiful. distancing or quarantine or whatever they call it. Fairly easy here. It's, uh, you know, live a block from the yeah. beach and yeah, not so bad. Well, you know what I've been telling people? Like we don't live too far away from each other, probably about a 20 mm -hmm. minute drive. And we, you know, I've been, you know, we've both been on Zoom and doing um, like video calls for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so even when we started working on projects together, I've told everybody, I'm like, even me and Mark, we don't really go visit each other that much. We want to solve a problem. We jump on Zoom, we get to work. So yeah, so I've, we've, we've been kind of experts on that for a while. And um, I, I thought I'd dress up for you today. No, I don't. It looks fantastic. It's, it's a bit of a shock. I wonder where the real Joe is. <laughs> He's under all this makeup. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're going to be talking, I want to talk today, you know, I, I want to really dive into your brain. Um, I want to hear your story, your journey about sort of what you were doing before, um, what your like recent experiences have been over the last while, especially right now. I don't want to get too much into this whole world of pivoting. I'm more concerned about, you know, what kind of projects you have been working on mm -hmm. and sort of where you think things are going. Let's, let's talk a bit about your journey and uh, why the heck we're here right now. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, I, the, the global thing is actually true. I mean, I got my start in Hong Kong. I was a, a writer in advertising. And uh, from there, I went to Europe and I spent some time there. Then I went back to Canada, uh, originally from Calgary, but I went to Vancouver, then Toronto, a bit of time in New York. And uh, I, I rose to the height of my incompetence, which was a national <laughs> creative director of a big ad agency, yeah. big global agency. And, um, and I became the turnaround guy, which if anybody has ever uh contemplated the idea of being a turnaround guy don't it's the worst job you can have in the world because you basically walk into a, a place that's a disaster you fire everyone and you build it up uh, by which time normally you have a nervous breakdown and then they replace you with a peacetime army and they get all the rewards yeah uh so it's i did that three times and i decided to get out i started a uh in vancouver i started a green ad agency five years before 
uh, it became cool and or profitable. <laughs> and uh, we, we, we managed to hang on to that for five years, did some yeah. great work, didn't make a lot of money, sold that to an innovation company out of Chicago, went to work for them for a while, put a green platform for innovation together for them, then went on my own as a, a consultant. And today, basically, I'm a CEO whisperer. Uh, I work where I love to work, which is um, I work with CEOs of of startups, most of them in a healthy position. Some of them, which I love, uh, I I make an exception once in a while. Some of them still in the garage, but most of them in a good, healthy growth position. And because I've got enough gray hair now, I I can talk to them. I say, I bet you your marketing is about 50% there. And they go, what 50% isn't working? And then we figure out how to make it all work and, and make it make money for them. So it's, it's a great job to have. There's no, none of the big corporate BS that I used to deal with. And I, I get to see results real quick. So that's, that's my story. Yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, uh, because you're so legit on the branding side, you know, when you're doing more of the agency and those kind of larger projects, there's a lot of opinions that float around oh and God. there's a lot of just like entropy in those conversations. Oh oh. So now you get to really drive like meaningful work. That's what you've been telling me, right? Well, let me, let me tell you, let me tell you a good story. Uh, when I, when I, I love started, stories. When I, uh, when I started working in, uh, in, in Europe, I worked in Germany and uh, I did a, uh, my first gig was uh, creating a commercial for Wrigley's out of Chicago. Wrigley's Chewing Gum. And my art director and I, uh, we, we cranked out a, a good commercial really quick. That is to the stage of being storyboarded. And then we handed over to one of the German teams. And when I left the agency two years later, they had just finished the commercial. It took them two years. Wow. And millions of dollars to create a real sack of shit commercial. <laughs> Like it, it takes a long time to make something that bad. That's great. Including the intervention of Bill Wrigley, the guy who actually owns the company and his red yeah. suspenders. He came and decided that everything good about the commercial should die. And he basically rewrote the commercial. 20 I love different. it. And that's, that's, uh, that's how a lot of guys in my That happened a lot of times life. though, right? Oh yeah, a lot. Yeah, you... And that's, that's why you go, this is my life. My life yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is moving a bottle of shampoo half an inch to the left. You know, that it's an awful life. It's a terrible life. I love it, man. No, lots I want to, lots of, lots of fun, lots of fun parties though. <laughs> right. Just a lot of money going to places that mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I want, I want to kind of share with, uh, with everybody how we met and sort of how we yeah. became, uh, uh, lovers from another mother. Is that what yeah. it is? I don't know. I think brothers. What is it? I think it's lovers, <laughs> uh, from a dangerous time. Uh, so, <laughs> we, uh, you re- we, we spoke at a couple of events and we've been involved in the universities here. Mm-hmm. And then Mark reached out to me as we were on an email thread somehow. And he said, Hey, let's, let's get together. I want to talk to you. We'll go for breakfast, we went for breakfast. And I remember very clearly you said, Hey, I, I was really excited to you to talk to you today. Cause I just wanted to get, I wanted to get smarter. Mm-hmm. And I was, we laughed about it. I was like, what do you mean? And you had a set, you had a, a company you're working with. You did a ton of awesome branding work and marketing work, brought in a bunch of leads uh, and then said, you know, what am I doing wrong? And I just said, fuck salespeople hate you mm-hmm. because you're a marketing guy, mm-hmm. because you've done a bunch of really good work, but it's not necessarily what they want as salespeople and more leads doesn't mean better leads. And so in the moment that they say, Hey, we'll take ownership of this, then they have to take, 
take accountability for the results, but it's easier to blame marketing and vice versa. And so we got involved on the sales and the marketing side to help drive that, to help build better systems, to help with the CRM, with their business development reps. We looked at their, their account managers, all the people in the team, so that all of your awesome, kick-ass, meaningful work was then being echoed in the sales process and we built metrics. And that's how we got started on doing a bunch of projects together because you were excited it was the first time ever. You could see numbers and you could see the work that you were doing was going somewhere. And I was excited because we had a feedback loop to go back upstream to marketing and say, hey, can we try this? Can we set people up in this way? Can we do this? So we went, you know, cradle to grave marketing and sales. And it was really exciting, a lot of fun to do that kind of stuff. Can you kind of tell me sort of that experience, your, maybe your experience working with salespeople before kind of how we are and sort of your new journey into the, the dark side of selling now? Well, let me, let me go back just to the beginning of the project that, that you and I got involved in. Uh, for one thing, uh, you weren't the first salesperson that I brought to the party. And you know that. I, know. Uh, I brought some other guys to the party. And it's, it it's is, good though. <laughs> it was a disaster. Uh, sales is like everything else, except that you've got salespeople involved who are very good at selling themselves. And so I think anybody who's looking for a sales solution better do their uh, vetting and better make sure they get recommendations. Uh, because and I like started, deep, deep recommendations. Deep like recommendations. Really don't because, just say, would you do that? Would you hire them? You've got to say why, how is the yeah, experience? Sales oh, pros are good at selling themselves. So we're the gotta, worst. Yeah, you got to <laughs> watch out. So I, I, first off, um, I, brought, I brought these other, this other party to the, the table with the client, all enthusiastic, and it just started to tank my reputation because they were mm. a disaster. Now, going back even further, I thought, long and hard, I thought, why is this not working? And I, I went to the client and I said, you know, I think what's not working, doing brand is only half the equation. It leaves you at, we're really great. See ya. And what you need is the now come and buy stuff. And I said, I have never heard of a brand agency going out and selling stuff before. And I said, that's what I'd like to offer you. And for all the listeners, that is the easiest sales pitch in the world to make if you're a brand person. If you go, I, I, I'll create your brand, but I'll make sure it turns into ROI. Yeah. Clients go, where do I sign? It's a wonderful proposition. Well, that so, was like when, when we first started chatting, that was your biggest issue is how do you create long-term client work? Because yeah. you know, once you do a brand, they're like, great, it's project-based. Yeah. And now you're done, but it's, it's, you're trying to help these, if you say CEO, you're trying to help these guys long-term. There's always a new project after new project, but it's the whole, the whole loop. Keep well, they never get, they never get yeah. tired of making money. And, and I think what was magic about working with you is, um, you know, I thought, I thought I'd, I had a lot of experience, but the, it always stopped at that gate, which was going from brand to sales. And um, when we crossed over that gate, I, I started to see things about metrics. I started to see things about the different types of selling. You remember on this project we worked on, they were all about relationship sales. Mm -hmm. And they didn't need relationship sales. They need challenger sales. They need people yeah. who would go out there, grab people, say, you have a problem you don't even know. I'm going to educate you about this. They needed an entirely different sales tactic. They needed inside sales. They had they had leads coming in and then just being dropped flat. And they're, they, they're just, it's just like a lot of organizations, they're order takers. Oh. Like, as long, if this person's ready to buy and they're qualified, I don't want them to ask any questions. If they ask questions about how does it work or what's the price or give me this, send me this, they're not really a good buyer. So they were disqualifying everybody because they were weak at selling. Well, and you so, know, and I, I think that was my big thing with you is I want to make sure that you knew your stuff was awesome. 
and we yeah. need to do something with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, having good brand with no sales is like uh, letting your engine idle at high speed without engaging it. it yeah. It's, it's pointless. Um, and, and so I was super impressed by that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I started to take it to heart too, because as a brand person, um, I went through a rough time too. You know, in 2019, I had, I had a down period and I started to realize myself that I'm only doing half of what I should be doing. I am yeah. putting pretty messages out there. Lots of content contents, the new King and content is absolutely useless. If you don't harness it to some way to tell people, Hey, I found a problem about you. I can solve it. If we solve it, here's the upside. Yeah. Do you want some? Uh, and I started implementing some of the stuff that you taught me and, um, and it just, it was like day and night. It was crazy. Yeah. We had a lot of fun with that. Now oh, yeah. what's, um, so now because I brought you over to the dark side, uh, what's, what's your sort of thinking on sales now? Cause you've been applying a lot of this stuff for your mm -hmm. own business and going out and becoming more sales focused. And, uh, what the, tell us about some of the mistakes you made with that. And then the, just a couple switches that you made. Oh, I remember, um, uh, one of the first things that you taught me was, um, you do the three step sort of introduction process where, uh, you start out with a, with a video call. Um, and these are all just tactics, right? Uh, you start with a video call, then you go to an email, then you finish with a phone call in, in mm -hmm. short order. And uh, I, did, um, I did the worst thing ever. I, I started with these video calls that just trumpeted, hi, I'm Mark, and this is what I have to offer, and here's why you should buy it, and this is blah, 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 blah. And they were a disaster. <laughs> and then I also did a series of, of videos that made, that where I tried to sound like an expert, but I sound like a real douche. Um, right? Yeah, you sound so boring. And uh, it's really funny because you, you have to come across as excited because if you're not excited by finding out cool new mysteries about where the client's going wrong, then yeah. what's, what's wrong with you? Well, you know, what's, uh, I was just yeah. going to say, you know, what's funny is like, you could totally be a douche because you know a ton of shit. Yeah. And, and so, you, but working with you, undouched. Mm -hmm. Right. Very fun. Very open. You're always very like self-aware, socially aware to be able to like ask questions, help people come to their own wins. And so then if you create a video that like you were creating videos that weren't like you at all, you became, what do we say? Salesy weirdo. Right? Like that's, that's what was happening. And so you were just trying to, you were trying to sell. That's what the problem is. People try to sell. You don't need to try to sell. You need to sell. You know, and there's, there's also the, um, the, the, uh, you know, it's the oldest, it's the oldest cliche in the book. Don't sell stuff, give people something to buy. Yeah. And, and, and this stuff that you dialed me into, and I, I, I dial my own clients into this right now, you know, I tell them and every single one I tell, because nobody knows this, you know, this is back to uh, the validity of what you're selling. Yeah. Um, nobody knows this stuff, even though it's been around for about, you know, since Jesus was in short pants and, and, uh, it's just like you in short pants. <laughs> short uh, pants. It's been around since forever that you, you approach someone and say, you know, I found out something about your company. First of all, they go, what? Because you're not talking about yourself. Yeah. You're talking about them. And you say, I found out a complication. And then I also did the math on this complication and found out where it's going to go. If you don't address it, they're going, what, what, what? Can you imagine the CEO? Every CEO in the world will go, what? And then essentially what you've done, you've done a little bit of homework on them and you've got them coming to you and they're asking you for stuff. So you're not selling at all. You don't, that's why, that's why marketing guys hate sales because yeah. they, they think they got to get out there in, you know, and, and sell. 
And yeah. that's nothing could be further well, from the truth. I think so. And you're talking about like going out and doing cold, uh, cold, say, cold marketing, cold, yeah. cold dial it, dial yeah. for dollars. Yeah. And you're getting responses right away. You're getting high level Just responses like because you're not approaching it. Um, as a numbers game, you're approaching it as a, uh, as a people game. Mm -hmm. So you're saying uh, you're taking the time. Cause I've seen, I've seen the work you put into it. You take the time, you put your personality into it and just that power of reciprocity. They're going, Holy shit, this guy's done his homework. I have to, at the very least respond to this thing mm -hmm. versus we're amazing. We're fortune 100, this and this and this, nobody gives a shit about you until you give a shit about them. So that's what, like, I've been seeing what you've been doing now. What, how is that? translating some i'm really curious now because i mean your your whole background's branding <clears throat> and marketing side how is this kind of translating to what you're applying in the branding the marketing side um well you and i talked about this uh when we first got to know each other but i think one of the um most amazing things when when brand and sales get together uh sales is on the ground floor and they're talking to consumers and if folks read my book brand diy the first thing that anybody has to do is talk to consumers because what you think your superpower is 99% of the time isn't what people think your superpower mm -hmm. is. They, they're not buying what you think you're selling. Um, great anecdote for my own life. I, I remember I went out when I, when I went on my own, I said, you know, I'm going to sell this thing called future proof brands yeah. because I thought I've got all these different things and I know how to future proof and, you know, doing SEO after four, after a few years of running future proof brands and not having anybody ever approach me saying, I want a future proof brand. I realized that exactly zero people want a future proof brand. We, we why, why is that? Nobody ever, nobody sits in their pajamas. Nobody's Googling night. that, right? Yeah. Nobody's Googling future-proof brands. Nobody even right now, it. even right now with everything that's going on in the world, nobody's Googling If, if I Google, if I Google future-proof brands, I can guarantee you it's going to be yeah. insignificant. There might be, uh, we'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll get into um, that. I think, however, I think the story is, however, yeah, story is I talked to my old former boss. Because I like looking at stuff. Yeah. And I said, John, why is it that clients used to spend millions of dollars to work with me? He said, that's super simple because you're simple. And I thought, oh, that's great. So I'm Forrest Gump. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Billy Bob Thornton in Sling yeah. Blade, right? And, uh, and he said, no, that's not it. Uh, uh, put gas. Doesn't have any gas. Uh, and, and he said, no, what you do, you take complicated things and you simplify them. That's your yeah. talent. And I go, that's a thing. I, the, the thing about, about finding your superpower is if you're good at something, usually you don't think it's a superpower because it's so easy. And it seems so stupid. Also, you're like, like that, doesn't, that doesn't seem complex enough yeah. to make it important. No, but you so, do simplify things. You're like, it's this. And you tell yeah. us, you're able to, to, to concisely tell a story. Yeah. Be like, this is what you're talking about. And, and, if you can, and if it just, if it just falls out of you, you go, well, why would anybody give me money? And uh, so that's the basic problem with a lot of companies is that the thing they do the best. I remember a friend of ours, Chris Burge, I, I did it for him. And uh, he's a digital agency guy. Yeah. And I went to his clients he, and he's, he's, you know, he's not 20 years old. He's like my age and uh, you know, digital like guys, they all, like yeah, 20 and yeah, 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 27 and a half. And, uh, <laughs> and he, he thought, you know, his superpower was like real cutting edge and connectivity yeah. and all that horse shit. And his clients said they like him. <laughs> they like him oh, because uh, they like him because he's a grown up. And yeah. when I told him that he's like, what? He said, no, really, because they deal with 20 year olds and, and none of them, can deal with humans mm -hmm. and none of them can see outside their headphones. And, uh, and so they like you cause you're a grown up. So 
what I see that sales brings to the party to bring us all the way back again yeah. is that sales is on the ground floor going, no, this is what people are actually buying and not what you're thinking up there in your ivory tower. Yeah. Um, and so that is where it starts. And what I like about working with sales, working with you in particular, is if this works, you craft a message based on what people have told you totally. and you put the message together with a bit of sparkle and, and shine and pop it out and you can test it not not using some sort of a digital metric but using real people totally and they think that's a real stupid message or they think that's only a halfway stupid or they think it's a great message yeah and then you can adapt and to somebody who loves brands you love people like sparking on an idea because you all you deal in ideals, and the ideas and, come out of like weird places. They always not, come not from a bubble in a, in a no. boardroom. Ideas don't come from like research and data. They come from weird places. Yeah. And the closer you can get to salespeople who are on the ground floor selling stuff and hearing from people that they think the ad message is stupid or they don't use the brochures or the collateral or the website doesn't work. The more you hear that stuff, the better. And the cooler your work is going to be and the yeah. more money the client's going to give you. So I, I think that there's a, a benign loop, a, a virtuous cycle there that yeah. a lot of people just don't do. Well, I think, you know, like, because I love that. I remember you, we, we talked last year about flywheel stuff and, you know, big thing that we, we focused on was the feedback loops and the two feedback loops was the one with marketing and sales and two, all of it around the customer, right? So product mm -hmm. development, marketing, sales, all centered around a customer mm -hmm. and that you're never done iterating your brand and your message. And so, you know, like marketing should inform sales and vice versa. And I think, you know, one of the things we connected on in that first breakfast we had was just the stories that we had where we're shoved in a boardroom, uh, you know, marketing. I, I mean, I used to go in boardrooms. We had, we had Tuesday binder meetings everybody brought their report they brought their shitty little binders with all their stuff and you were you were pitted against it was like cockfighting you were pitted against them you'd say well what's happening with those numbers and i'd say well these numbers these numbers i'm working on this with the team well what are the leads great and they would just they would be testing you to mm -hmm. say well i think it's marketing's fault and it would always be like great now and then there was the that was the easiest way to get off the hook to say it's marketing's fault mm -hmm. because then they turn their well what are you guys doing about this you're like ah and it was just it was a weird kind of like stockholm syndrome like prisoner type vibe because you're like, ah, I, if I just say it's marketing's fault, I'm done my report. Yeah. And so then marketing would be like, well, it's this and this and this. And then they would say, well, because sales isn't converting and we don't know if they're doing that. They, they said this and they're not using the stuff we created. So there's this natural cats and dogs relationship that's built in marketing and sales. And you and I, we laughed about that because we had the same story from the different sides. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 and I can tell you from working with, uh, I've worked with the biggest companies. I worked with Procter and Unilever and I worked yep. with uh, McDonald's and Budweiser all the way down to Change working with, achieve like crazy. I work with Joe. Yeah, exactly. The biggest, um, uh, all the way to working with sort of little snappy startups. Mm. I can tell you that as soon as you put a salesperson and a marketing person in a building, there's going to be miscommunication. And you're like, I can't believe it. There's only two of you. There's only four employees and two of you are marketing and sales and you still don't talk. You're, you're not like, even on the same team. In the you're not even on the same team and there's but, only two people in the building. You know? but the, and then if, 
I mean, we found that if we, and it's like, it's like when the kid pits mom and dad against each other too. So the CEOs, the, the, the employees, all of the people on the teams, they say, well, it's this, well, it's this, oh yeah, stupid marketing, ah, stupid sales. Yeah, that's how they are. And so it's kind of like everybody's always bad guy. But when you start to create like an organizational selling model, marketing and sales is working together. They're not, we don't, but you and I still don't understand each other. We still don't see things the same way. We don't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. We disagree on a lot of things. The way we write things are night and day, but we respect each other. We understand what's happening on the other side. But when we, when we work on projects and we come together in a unified way, it not only it's, it squashes all the, the, the back talk and the, and the talk around stuff, but it also empowers the clients that we've worked with and people to say, ah, there, there's a bigger thing that we're not considering because people get mired in the, in the depths, in the, in the swamp of bad ideas. And then if it's just like, well, could we maybe, what, let's try messenger bots. Let's try this. We need this. We need that. And then all of a sudden marketing has to jump around because sales like, well, marketing's not do that. So I think that's where marketing and sales can, what is it? Coalesce. That's the word maybe I'm looking mm-hmm. for. If they can, if they can work together, um, there's a lot more potential. Then it's not one plus one is two is one plus one is a hundred. You know, it's, it's uh, back to your very original point where you said we still don't understand each other. I, uh, I, I don't agree with that, but I think the, the one thing that, that personally my thing is when I hear you talk and I see the stuff you write and I see the thought patterns you have, mm. I'm like, I'm amazed because I go, how the hell did you even think of that? You know, because you think that you're kind of all in the same business of, of pushing a product and, and grabbing somebody to buy it, that you all should kind of think the same way. And, and you do not think the same way. And I'm like always amazed when I go, wow, how did you even think of that stuff? That's so cool. And it, I was completely blind. I don't know if it's a left brain, right thing. Uh, but you know, you feel completely yeah. blind to that and you go, I can't believe I don't know that stuff. And that's well, what makes it exciting. To it me. goes, it goes both ways too, because yeah. there's ways that, you know, from my stupid sales brain, I go, this is the way I write. This is the way I speak. Uh, we, and you and I in meetings, totally two different people. Oh yeah, very right? That's super fun. <laughs> and uh, just a different style altogether, like style. Yeah, and that's oh, right. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I'm just an idiot. But um, when when we're in, when we're when we're doing this stuff, I speak differently. You speak differently. But I see when you're building something from the marketing side, like some of the projects, like the storyboards that you've created, the stories, the the marketing materials. It's like holy cow! It's you know, there's a lot of flowery, interesting ways, but it has a purpose, and that sets people up to be in a in a heightened state of emotion, and and mm-hmm. like they're now like connected to the brand, mm-hmm. so that all it takes from the salesperson if branding's done right is the salesperson to take that and echo that relationship not be different we have to continue that story continue that relationship um, you know continue you know make, give them the next story remember those like what is it nest cafe or when nestle remember they had the they had a whole story of that that's essentially what sales should be doing is taking what marketing's doing and say wow isn't that awesome what they've said let's talk about this. Let's go further with that instead of being like a complete disconnect. And that's how salespeople can make their lives so much easier. If they're having the wrong conversations, they go back up to marketing and say, Hey, could you help me set people up to feel like this? Think like this, act like this, talk like this, give them language, set them up to be our best customer ever. So we can knock it out of the park. If marketing and sales did that game over, baby. I think it's a, it's a, it's a relationship of love and need. Uh, when you do a brand, people fall in love with it if you do a good job. And that's a really 
fuzzy, flaky thing. If you just say, oh, everybody loves us. I remember working on Mr. Clean when they're about to go bankrupt. And what we discovered was everybody in the world loved Mr. Clean. They, Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. And the bald guy women went crazy for him. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. That's what I'm working on. I know. But nobody, was, <laughs> nobody bought Mr. Clean. And that was a classic case. So we had to figure out a way to make people need Mr. Clean. Mm. And that is, that's where the other 50% of the brain kicks in that the marketing guys a lot of times don't have or the brand guys don't have. And, um, and I think, yeah, like you said, it's uh, very, very different objectives, but you know, I don't need something if I don't love it or if I do need it and I, and I, and I don't love it, I'll only buy it once and kind of, yeah, it's a commodity. I'll get it at the mm. cheapest place I can. But if I love something like an Apple computer or a, an iPhone or something like that, I go, I gotta have that. I gotta have that. Then make it easy for me to express my love by giving you money and taking the phone. You know, I, that, I think it's love and need, either of them on their own. It's pretty unsatisfactory, but you put them together, man, and it's deadly. Mm-hmm. Can you, you know, now I'm thinking about that. Can you tell me, like, let's say, you know, people that are watching this, let's say they're a small, medium business, mm-hmm. um, and they're trying to figure out how to get their brand right, uh, because here's what, like, we've just launched a couple new projects, um, or online ballet training company. We've done that. And so we're, we're getting the brand pretty dialed in, but the goal is to convert people to customers. So we're doing every, like, we're doing everything from start to finish, but there's a lot of companies they're hearing like, Oh, I gotta do, I gotta spend six months, a year, build the brand, do all this stuff. And it's like, ah, but then if it's done, then, you know, and then other people saying, no, no, you just need these tactics and just do this stuff. Can you mm-hmm. get, get maybe for the yeah. advice that you would give a small business, let's say they've got Absolutely. some kind of stuff that they're already doing, uh-huh. where should they focus their attention? What are some things they can do right now um, that would help them just nail their brand and help make sure that they're spending their money and their time in the right place? I, 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 I have one thing. I'll keep it real simple. Love it. Um, you have to ask the people who have given you money in the past. Okay, because uh, you know, Ursula, she just started her company, her ballet you got company. Money. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, no, but <laughs> people who have given her money or yeah. people who have signed up. People, well, hold on, because uh, obviously it's the same thing because she taught also uh, before. So yeah. we go to people who- She's already, got, she's already got an audience. That's yeah. right. So we talk to the people who have given her money before and better than just people who have given her money, people who have given her money again and again, because obviously love they that. see something that they love about her that they want more of. And what we do, we talk to those people and, and, uh, and it's a real simple question. We go, so why'd you give her money? And they go, well, because she's a ballet teacher. They go, no, no, no. Then you get into the who, what, where, when, why. You yeah. go down the rabbit hole of why'd you give her money. There's a million ballet teachers. Well, because I know her. No, you're not going to give her money because you know her. That only happens a few times. Only happens a few yeah, times. Yeah. If she sucks. But you kept giving her money. And you go, 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 go deeper, deeper, deeper until in an ideal state, they'll be very uncomfortable. And they'll go, what the hell do you want from me? What do you want? Why, what am I supposed to I want say? more money? money. <laughs> I guess it's because she's, uh, I don't know, because she reminds me of my mother in Paris or something like that. She okay. has this classical style. And you go, there you go, right there. And people will give up the brand to you every single time without knowing 
that they did it. If you just harass them, you just harass them. Uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) Because people always, you know, they say, well, we did research. We did research and you go, what'd you do? Well, we asked them why you love us because uh, they're- Customer service. There's customer service. Yeah, and then that's their whole brand is customer service, which is not a brand. No, it's stupid. But that's what happens when you have stupid research. How come so you never you, told me this before? No, because I'm, it's my secret. Why you? Don't oh, tell anybody. Thank God I put you on this pod. I won't tell anybody. Good. good. This I is know. just, this whole conversation is between me and you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> don't, I, I know so, the only person listening is my mom. Right. And so, I'm like, that's but that, great. I can break that's it great, down. That's great. Yeah. And, and then essentially, if you're smart about uh, talking to a few different people, what you're going to start to see is like in a beautiful mind, all the numbers on mm-hmm. the wall start to light up and you start to see patterns. So you'll, you'll see like the different segments of your customers and there'll be like a, the very clear segmented reason for the different sizes. And so that's great. Oh, I'll, you know, like with Ursula's business, what I'll start to see is that everybody comes to her, for example, because they all think that she represents some sort of classical school of ballet or ultra modern ballet, or yeah. she challenges them or she's, unrelenting or she's super empathetic but they all start to say the same they thing feel bad about her relationship she feels bad yeah exactly <laughs> uh that she said she needs the money yeah. because God she's like she's joe. in a tough spot because joe to right out. we need to get her out of there <laughs> exactly we need to get her out of there give her some money yeah. um and then what you do after that it's only a short step because people have said what they expect from you it's only mm. a short step to create your unique selling proposition yeah. which is I'm absolutely the best at being the classical Paris school of ballet. That's super important to this type of person who wants, you know, like discipline and old school because they think that it's somehow better. And you can build an entire campaign just around that. And then the salespeople can go out and they go, well, yeah, she's ballet, but um, is she classical ballet? Like classical old school? We're right in the middle of building out our welcome series, all of our emails. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've got some of this stuff that we're tying in there about the vision, the mission behind it, mm-hmm. the reason. But we're going to go back uh, in and we've got, you know, we've had a ton of clients that come through so far. We're going to interview some of them because re- I mean, there's we have a whole bunch of people that are really loyal to her and some new people that are coming that are keep coming back. So that's, that's a great, great piece of advice. And that doesn't just apply to small business, but every business, any business. So, I mean, you just need people to go like, that's something that you and I both stumbled on is that people just don't go talk to their customers. Zero None of them. times. And, and yeah. I've never seen an exception. Yeah. And we, I mean, that's one, something that you and I did a bunch. We would go interview customers mm-hmm. and they would tell us everything they loved about them. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. And they don't even know they're doing it. So the funny thing was, I remember when I did this, when uh, AIM and Trimark, two big mutual fund companies, they merged and they hated each other's guts. Uh, and the big guys at the companies were the fund managers. So the AIM managers hated the, the Trimark managers and vice versa. And so we pulled them into a room, each of them individually, because they were the big dogs. And we said, so what makes you so damn special? And they would look around to make sure the door was shut. And they'd go, I don't know about those other assholes out there. <laughs> but I do my homework way better than anybody. And they thought they were giving us something like the inside tip. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. funny because every one of them, nine of them all in, every single one of them did the same thing. They said, I don't know about those other assholes, but I do my homework. And they're like, they think that they're giving you something totally. Right? People, that's the, that's the douche, the douche school, right? Well, but it's also. <laughs> Everybody like, thinks they're so smart. They think they're so smart and so special and they think they're giving you the inside tip. Yeah. And so then we turned it into a campaign and the campaign was knowing pays. Uh, and that's all about doing our homework better. We do our homework better. 
And each of the fund managers came up and go, how did you come up with that? And they go, well, you, t- you told us. <laughs> and they had no idea because you put a bit of a creative spark to yeah. it and feed it back to them. And they think it's, it's genius when in fact they just told you. And that's the beauty, the relationship of sales and, and uh, brand. If a salesperson goes up and they go, you know what? All the clients think that we do our homework better. Then marketing goes, huh, how can we give that a twist or brand? Yeah. And you give it a creative twist, feed it back. And people think, oh, how do they know me? You know, so, so you're saying that, you know, in, in companies where you've got marketing and sales teams, those people should get together. Mar- you know, sales should, mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about this. You, sales should bring in what are the top bunch of conversations we have mm-hmm. and what does marketing think that sales needs. And so sales could say, if we had more of these things, you know, helping us set these conversations up for success, that'd be a win. What does marketing need uh, from sales? Is more of the stories to go upstream? What would you say? Um, what marketing needs from sales? I'll tell you what marketing needs from sales. I, I did this with a, with a new client down in California. Uh, they sell performance car parts. And um, they, uh, they, one of the calls we had was, oh, we got to put swag in all the dealerships, you know, where they sell all these high performance racing wheels and stuff. And I said, are you sure? What kind of swag? Oh, well, I don't know. Brochures and collateral. And I go, really? So we got on the phone with a few dealers. And the dealers go, well, no, we don't really need anything. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they would have spent a ton of money on it too. But. I know they would have spent a ton of money on it. Yeah. And the dealers are just fine because most of them are in cramped little locations. Uh, they would love to have some videos of experts talking about this stuff and, and more education on what makes the wheels special. But they don't need T-shirts and, and floor mats and pens with the little naked ladies. And they don't need that stuff. Yeah, you know, so marketing what they what we need from sales is, uh, hey, what did the actual guy say that he was doing with the collateral that we created? Well, he's using it to prop up his tables. Well, <laughs> maybe next <laughs> yeah, time yeah, yeah. we can save ourselves a, a fortune. But nobody ever asks. Yeah, nobody asks. Yeah. Nobody asks. I remember years ago, the college I worked at, they came out with the the program brochures because they got a deal that was well, the owner went through marketing and everybody kind of was yes, man. Uh, but they got our program calendars to play the jingle when you opened it. So it played our jingle. You opened the, book, the, the, the pamphlet, the magazine, and we were like, no. And sales said like, and it was such a, a week, as soon as, cause I was the top sales guy. So as soon as we got our first box of all those calendars, the whole front desk, I said, rip out those sound cards. I had them rip. I mean, they spent, I think each one was like eight bucks or something. Oh, and I was like, there is no way. Cause here's what would happen. I would go in. I don't think I've ever told you this, right? I, I, I go in and I would go into my meeting with a potential client. We're talking about education. These are people like single moms, people going into healthcare. This is their last effort. Maybe they didn't pass high school and we'd be crying. I'm like, what, what, how are we going to take care of your kid? You know, get off social assistance. Let's do this. We can do it. They're crying. We're great. And you know, let's talk about what program we're going to take. And then we'd open it up. <laughs> it was such a switch from what we did as salespeople it was so out of touch it was it was hilarious and so i was like there is no way and i was like i don't care they could fire me but there's not gonna be one meeting i have this year where i play a jingle 
inside of a sales call. We can, you can mail them out to everybody all you want, but there's no way. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. It's, it's such it's a so weird ridiculous. thing. It's yeah. so ridiculous. And it, you know, it's so easy to avoid. And, yeah. it, it, and it, you know what? You don't, you don't need to be a tech genius to avoid it. You just need to, you need to actually talk human. to somebody. You need to be human. Yeah. And you know, I used to, one of the things I used to do when I worked on McDonald's, um, I, I'd just go hang out at McDonald's and on a Saturday morning. And I, I went down to the one. Even before meeting. you work with McDonald's. I love, yeah. I just love hanging out at McDonald's. That's what I do. <laughs> Friday night, good time. Yeah. Um, but I'd go down on a Saturday morning to Main and Terminal in Vancouver, which was the busiest McDonald's around. Yeah. And I just sit there and you watch the people. And you just hang out and you talk to them. Like, you know, I used to love just talking to the people because you get a real fun sense. And people are weird and they will give up ideas uh, without even knowing they're giving up ideas. So, I mean, yeah. you can well, make your life so much easier by just taking everybody else's ideas and using them. Why try to invent something like a jingle calendar? Yeah, you know what? It's make your life hard. As, as I'm thinking about that, because that's one of the things that I've seen you do is to do testimonials as video interviews. That's something mm -hmm. that we spend a lot of time doing. Mm -hmm. And I call them like we do now Zoom testies, right? You get somebody mm -hmm. on Zoom and you do a testy with them. And it, when you start interviewing people and just having them talk just in general, all of the gold comes out. But when you put them on the spot, you do a focus group, you do all these things where now you're trying to force them to come up with an idea. So if we were to describe us in one word, what would it be? Mm -hmm. It doesn't help. Like all these weird marketing things that people do or sales mm -hmm. things. If you just have conversations with your ideal clients, they'll give you the gold. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. It's uh, hilarious. You know, what are the three attributes of this Swiss of this cheddar cheese, orange smell or texture? And you're like, what is cheese? <laughs> it's, cheese. it's quite cheesy when I eat it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Speaking uh, of cheesy, now I want to give you a second here. Uh, let's. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, uh, I, I we can go all last, day, right? Oh, we can go all day. But I, I have one last question for you after okay. this. But what are you currently working on and promoting? Where should we send people to? What's the first thing they should do? You know, to get a little bit more deeper understand with you. I know you've got some eBooks and things. What's the primary thing you're focused on? Primary right thing I want them all to go to brand DIY. BrandDIY.com. Yeah. BrandDIY.com. And if they go to BrandDIY, you and I set this up together, uh, they'll, they'll get the book and it's, it's, a, it's a, a learning book or a textbook. Very easy. I always call it, it's like a four, it's like a three trip to the toilet read. So it's not going to be a burden. And, um, and it's also got a workbook so you can actually fill in the stuff and it goes through a lot of this stuff that we're going through right now. And it, it, it's the culmination basically of 30 years of doing this stuff and cutting out all the BS. And you, you can reduce all my life's knowledge down to three trips to the toilet. And everybody's uh, got toilet paper right now. So it's golden time. Bingo. Yeah. So they yeah. can spend all the time they want, but branddiy.com. Cool. And um, when they go there, they also get dropped into my newsletter list because what's happening now, I'm putting a course together that is going to basically be real short lessons, one after the other with worksheets so they can actively work through uh, brand DIY because y'all know what happens with a book. People download the book. They don't look at it for a week and then it's done. Mm -hmm. So I want to force people to do it because you and I talked about this earlier about momentum. You know, we, I want to get people having momentum so they feel yeah. like they're doing something and, and tasting the reward and getting a bit, a bit of a little dopamine hit, you know, from that. Okay. I love so it. BrandDIY.com. You've got a bunch of other stuff. Once again, yeah, I got tons of other stuff. they'll see other stuff. Yeah, I got, I got a wanna... bunch of other books and stuff and like that. Who... But they can go to my website. They can go to markstoiber.com. M-A-R-C-S-T-O-I-B-E-R. Just put it in the show notes. 
and uh, M-A-R-C. M-A-R-C. So you don't, you don't go to that weird guys. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. M-A-R-Q-U-E. Yeah. <laughs> Marquet. Marquet. Um, who, one more question. Yeah. So speaking of like, just go and do that one thing. We kind of touched on this as well, but what would you say that the, the takeaway right now, somebody should do to align their marketing and sales efforts. Once one thing somebody should do right now. The one thing is, I think we, we touched on it. It's um, you have to break down the wall and actually ask what the folks on the outside think of you. Too many people in marketing think that people love us because so how, we are. So how should they do that? How should they do that? How should they do that? Because that's what you, I'm saying. What's if you have somebody, if you have somebody, if you have somebody in your organization who does sales, you got to pick up the phone and just go, why do people keep giving us money? Okay. And then don't let them off the hook. Treat them like they're a customer and just keep going and going and going until they go, ah, because it's, uh, we, we sell classical ballet yeah. and nobody else does. Push the salesperson. And if the salesperson doesn't know, because they might be getting uh, fat and lazy, just like you're getting fat and lazy. Uh, so not you, no, the brand, the brand guy gets fat I, and lazy. I know, I know you're right. I was like, you super The salesperson <laughs> might be, uh, exactly. The sales guy might be getting fat and lazy too. Then both of you should jump uh, downtown and go to McDonald's or whoever your client is and just ask okay. people, why the hell do you buy these burgers anyway? And when you get that stuff, what's the thing we should do with it? The first thing you should do with it is come back and go, all right, we understand that people buy our burgers because they buy them when they're hungover. All right. So let's take a look at the customer journey. The journey goes from awareness to decision-making to uh, from awareness to comparison, to decision-making, to purchase, to repeat, to loyalty, to advocacy. Where along here does our message line up with they buy burgers because they're hungover? And where does it totally go off? Because I can tell you, if it goes off message, we're wasting money. So it might be advertising. It might be when people are comparing their burger versus our burger. It might be right at the checkout till that we're only open at lunchtime and nobody's hung over at lunchtime. They're all hung over at nine in the morning. You know, all these things basically depends, depends how you drink. Depends how you drink. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, you, what you want to do is you want to take a look at all the stuff that doesn't line up with what you discovered that people love about you I love and it. get rid of that stuff because today it's way too easy to chase shiny things and take new tactics on because you think they're going to give you a little hit of, of, of endorphins, right? And make you go, Oh, look at that sales. And it doesn't work. And suddenly you've got this huge garbage pile of stuff that isn't working. You don't know where half of it is. The best, the best thing is if you go to a company and you go, what social media platforms are you on? Well, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook yeah. and LinkedIn. And you're going, let's take a look. And you see, they haven't posted anything since Nothing. 2018. And you're yeah. going, there you go. Stop collecting shiny things. Figure out one thing to do where your yeah. people are and what they want from you. I love that. And you know, that's, that's, uh, that's gold, man. Yeah. And I, it, I, you know, what's so nice about it is that it's so bloody simple that nobody does it. Yeah. And just, you know, getting, I think the biggest thing, right. Especially right now is everybody's reading reviews. Everybody's saying, you know, who else like me is looking at what they're doing. So if we can say, Hey, if you're like this person, if they said this, do you also feel this? Would you like to get involved? That's what we're working on on the brands that we're doing right now on mm -hmm. the sales side. And I just, you know, I got to thank you, man. Cause I just really love the, this, how humble and open and just rad you are when it comes to like going and diving into the dark side of sales. And I think it's been a really fun ride, um, learning the both sides and how they connect and how they're so similar yet so different. 
I want to get some more projects together. Yeah, that's what's next, man. Well, if you but pitch, pitch, put it out there. See if some people want to, you know, come help, with, come help with me this drive this online ballet thing, man. I dropped everything oh. for this right now. Okay, well, but, you uh, online, yeah, you know what? Buddy, buddy we're about to blow this. Let's finish up the podcast. We'll talk in a sec. I got to right. thank my guest, <laughs> Mark, the marketing genius, Stuyber, uh, for joining me today. Give me a fist bump, baby. Mm. Thank you so much for coming and uh, and being a part of this and dressing up with me and it's uh, it's been fun, man. Thanks again. I love doing this. I love talking to you. But see ya. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. You know, whether you're just starting out or you have decades of experience, it's conversations exactly like these that can help you get an edge today and in the long term. You can also find me on my blog at joegerard.ca and saleshero.academy.com. Make sure you share this with your friends and colleagues as well. You know, selling is heroic because nothing happens in a business unless people buy from you. This is why I want to help you just simplify, have fun, and grow. Let's not only talk about these ideas, but take action and do our best work together. When you invest in yourself and just continuously learn how to sell the right way, you are a hero for your customers and for yourself. So join me next time for another episode of the Sales Hero Podcast.